Hey girl, can you believe that Thanksgiving is already this week? I don't know about you, but this time of year does prove to be a little overwhelming. And if you caught my episode last week, we dove in to a lot of why this season can actually be a reason for increases in your pain and your symptoms showing up and having some flare-ups of those symptoms that you worked so hard to get to go away. And the reason being is because this time is stressful. There's a lot going on, even if you love the holidays, right? Like it can be a lot. And stress is something we cannot forget about. And I got inspired after doing last week's episode on stress and really how important and crucial it is to manage our stress in order to reduce that pain and let our body heal and have the energy we need to keep up with all the things. We need to understand how we can better manage that stress. And it does get a little complicated. There's a lot of things that impact our stress as I realized doing last week's episode. So it inspired the next few weeks because I am doing a series on managing our stress. And this week I am diving into sleep. It is the number one foundational thing in our health that needs to be optimal for everything else to work. We will dive a lot more into why and what exactly sleep does for us behind the scenes and also dive into a few things that you can start doing to make sure you are optimizing your sleep and improving that bedtime routine so that you can have all of the energy and strength and mental clarity to get through this holiday season. Hey, I'm your host, Dr. Desiree Cassell. I'm an orthopedic and pelvic floor physical therapist specializing in women's health, aka pelvic floor. I'm a wife, mom of three, foodie, lover of all things movement in nature, and I'm super passionate about educating, empowering, and supporting other women like you to find and maintain balance throughout all aspects of their lives without pain, pressure, or peeing their pants. And this is the Balance Momtality Podcast where we will talk about all things pelvic floor, your core, and optimizing your pregnancy, birth, and postpartum recovery, providing you with the knowledge and tools so that you can feel like the strong, playful, and happy mom that you and your family deserve. Now let's get you out of those pads and back to loving movement. Fill up your water, pop in those AirPods, roll out your mat, and let's connect. Before we start today's episode, just a quick disclaimer that anything mentioned in this podcast is not meant to treat or diagnose any medical conditions. If you have any questions or concerns about your healthcare needs, please seek the care of your medical provider. This is also a safe space where we will be talking about very sensitive but important topics, such as issues with peeing and pooping, relationships, and even sex. So if you have littles around, probably a good idea to pop those AirPods in. But otherwise, I hope you enjoy today's episode. All right, we are back with another week on the Balanced Momtality podcast. Last week, I dived into stress and how much stress can impact your pain and your overall symptoms and why I do see an uptick in flares of symptoms and new onset of symptoms this time of year. And it really does correlate with stress that comes this time of year. You know, the holidays 
are such a fun time. I do personally love the holidays, but even loving the holidays, you know, I'm not going to lie. They are overwhelming and it's a lot, especially if you have, you know, family that you're trying to create this magical experience for or other family that you are feeling stretched thin, trying to commit time to and, you know, trying to see everybody and do all the things and we just need to rein it back a little bit and really try and prioritize what matters this season and really throughout our lives. But managing our stress has so much more of an impact than we really truly realize. And so after last week's episode, diving into stress, um, I just started to think, you know, because as I was talking, I kept saying, this could be a whole episode, this could be a whole episode. So I thought, you know what, why not? We're going to break it down this holiday season. There's not a better time to talk about stress. So I am doing a series on stress and the different aspects that that might show up in our lives and what we can do about it. So this week's episode on managing your stress in this um, stress management series is about our sleep. So I have touched on sleep in many of my episodes, just, you know, it is one of those foundational elements to our health. And we do forget about the importance truly of what our sleep can do for our bodies and a good way and in a bad way. And so I wanted to just dive into it a little bit more in this episode so that you guys could really understand the importance of sleep and also get some tools to improve your sleep because it is probably the number one thing I address with everybody is making sure they're getting enough sleep. Because the reality is, guys, if you're not getting enough sleep, your body is not restoring itself and rebuilding and having that downtime so that it can do all of the amazing things that we are going to chat about in this episode. And, you know, especially if you are making that time for your health and wellness and you are making time to exercise and you're focusing on your diet and you're trying to eat better and you're focusing on protein and water and all of these things and you're either, you know, frustrated because you're not seeing the progress you want to see or maybe you just still feel yuck and you're like, I'm doing all the things. Like, why do I still feel achy? Why do I still have low energy? Why am I still irritable? Why are my muscles staying so sore even if I've been exercising for a few months? Like why is my body still feeling like it's struggling? And this is where it can really come down to just your lack of sleep. So we do want to dive into our sleep and just kind of do an audit of your own sleep. Some of you may think, I get pretty good sleep. Um, And some of you might right off the bat go, "Eh, yeah, I'm not too great at getting enough sleep, especially if you're someone like my husband who wishes they never had to sleep and sees sleeping as a waste of time um, because it really is the exact opposite. There are so many things that happen while we are sleeping. And so just to start off with that and kind of go into why is sleep so important, um, let's just dive into the obvious of this is when our body is restoring itself. So it's not so much that your body is totally resting and it's actually the opposite during sleep. It's doing so much 
behind the scenes while you're sleeping. Now, it does shift where the energy is going, right? So you're not getting as much blood flow um, to your extremities and your um, your cognitive functioning in a conscious state. All of that blood flow is getting more reserved for regenerating tissue. We do actually still get a decent amount of blood flow to the muscles. So this is where our muscles are rebuilding, especially if you are strength training and you are breaking down those protein, those muscle fibers. Sleep is when you are rebuilding that muscle to get that stronger thicker muscle mass. So that is so crucial, right? Like we need that to happen. Otherwise, you're not going to recover optimally. You're definitely not going to see the gains you want to feel. But when you go to exercise again, your muscles are going to still feel worn down and you're not going to have that extra strength and extra energy. So we do want to make sure that we are getting sleep for our muscles, definitely. Um, But, you know, our energy is restored. This is also when our hormone growth is happening. So your hormones during sleep is um, balancing out and it's your hormone development is occurring during sleep and you really need optimal hormone health for all things to function. And, you know, many people... uh, this will be its own episode at some point, you know, hormones, all the things, because hormones is a a big, big piece of women's health and pelvic floor, you know, especially as a woman, our hormones um, are hugely important to our overall health. But males have hormones too. And we're not just talking about, you know, um, testosterone and estrogen and these more common hormones when we think of hormones, but even things like insulin and things in our body that are natural processes for digesting food, breaking down and absorbing the nutrients that we need for our body to heal. These are all hormones as well. And we need to have optimal sleep for those hormones to um, function in an optimal way. And so how are we going to lose weight How are we going to have the energy, all of these pieces that we do commonly think of hormone issues, right? Like, oh, I can't lose weight. I wonder if my hormones are off or, oh, I just have no energy. I wonder if my hormones are off. Maybe you're just not sleeping well enough. And so again, with that hormone function, sleep is huge. We also are a lot more prone to, um, illness because our immune function goes down if we are not getting optimal sleep. So during that sleep cycle, your immune system is working hard and building and also recalibrating so that it can continue to function for you. And if you are not getting enough sleep, this is why this time of year with all of the extra stressors and things that might be impacting your sleep more than you think, it's just adding to that stress because then after two you too many nights of not getting adequate sleep because maybe you stayed up late trying to finish something or maybe you were just laying awake at night because you were letting your brain run crazy of all the things you have to do the next day yada 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 all the things that could happen to make our sleep not great and then you get a cold and then you get sick And now you're really stressed because all of the things that you had to do, you now can barely think of because you feel like crap. And so this time of year, obviously cold and flu season is, you know, 
one of the reasons it's called cold and flu season isn't just because these virus, these bugs show up this time of year. It's because they become a lot more contagious in a sense, like your body has a harder time fighting it off this time of year. So maybe in the summer you were exposed to a cold virus or a flu virus, but you didn't even really notice because your body was rocking with some vitamin D and some sleep and you're outside being active and you're probably eating a little healthier and these things that are helping keep your immune function up. And, you know, again, sleep, getting enough sleep this time of year. If that cascade, if we have too many things working against your immune function, not getting enough sunlight during this time of year is a big one. Um, eating poorly, starting to eat too many of those sweets and sugary foods and fatty foods that come out around this time of year. And again, a lack of sleep. All of these are just a perfect storm for catching a bug in your body, not being able to fight it off. So we see this a lot more this time of year, but it doesn't mean that cold and flu bugs are only around in the winter. We're just unfortunately um, not as able to fight them off, but that doesn't have to be the case. And that's really my goal with this series is to give you guys some tools to help build up that threshold in your body, which is going to lower your stress improve your immune function, improve your hormone function, give you the energy you need, give you the clarity during your day to think about all the things you have to do. And yeah, the stamina to be able to do it all. And having enough sleep is vital to all of that being the case. And so, you know, we do have different stages of sleep and just touching on this because we, it's good to know some of the basics of these stages. I'm not going to dive in, but we do kind of think about it in two big categories, right? So we think of REM sleep is a very common term we hear when we think of good sleep. REM sleep or rapid eye movement sleep is when we are in that, you know, super deep sleep. A lot of um, your cognitive function such as memory and learning and creativity is all really happening um, during this time. So all of that rebuilding is going on during this time and memory is being restored during this time. And so REM sleep is super crucial. And um, we tend to think that you enter REM sleep after being asleep for about 90 minutes or an hour and a half. And so um, we do want to make sure we are getting those long stents of sleep and not just being disturbed, waking up every hour or whatever, whether it's because you have to pee and that's waking you up or you have pain that's waking you up or, you know, maybe you have little ones that are waking you up, right? Your postpartum, you've got little newborn baby waking you up or you're like me and you've got a toddler that comes in your room still and wakes you up. There can be a lot of things that can disrupt this and keep you from getting that REM sleep, which is crucial. And that other stage is non-REM, which, you know, goes through all of um, a few other cycles. Uh, cycles within that non-REM where you're dozing off, you're getting sleepy, um, you're not as aware of your surroundings, and then you're entering more of a deep state where your breathing slows, your heart rate slows, your brain activity slows. Um, and, you know, these are still crucial 
stages of our sleep, especially um, the stage of deep sleep, which is actually considered non-REM. So this isn't that REM cycle, but one of the last stages of non-REM sleep is deep sleep. And this is when your body really relaxes even more. And it's believed that this stage is critical for restorative sleep. Um, And so looking into when this stage of deep sleep happens, This stage actually occurs in the first half of the night, and it lasts for about 20 to 40 minutes each sleep stage. So what does this mean? This just means that especially that first half of the night, we want to make sure we are sound asleep. We don't have anything waking us up. We're not waking up to go pee. We don't have pain waking us up and all of those things. Um, And so we do want to make sure we are improving our sleep. And, you know, this can be challenging because, again, if you have things like urinary urgency that does wake you up at night, this is not normal and it can be so detrimental to your sleep waking you up. I have people that are like, oh, yeah, I just wake up once or twice. But if you imagine waking up once or twice, maybe you're waking up right before your REM sleep happens. Maybe you're waking up right before your deep sleep's happening and you're not ever really getting that deep restorative sleep that you may need. And it is not normal to wake up at night to use the bathroom. Unless you're over 60, we really say even once is too much because sleep is that important. You are not going to be able to heal your pain and even heal your leaking because your muscles aren't going to be able to rebuild and get stronger. Your back pain is never going to go away if you cannot get adequate sleep. So it is just so crucial. Um, And so Looking out at how we can improve our sleep hygiene, we do want to think about, you know, some of those common things like, um, especially when, if you have an issue with waking up at night to use the bathroom, then this is where we want to be careful with how much fluid you are drinking so close to bed. Um, So we usually say if that is an issue for you and you are waking up in the middle of the night to pee, try and stop your fluids an hour or maybe even two hours before bed. And this also means that throughout the day, you need to make sure you are drinking your water throughout the day so that you don't get home from work at four or five and realize, oh, crap, I haven't had any water today. And then you chug, chug, chug your whole daily amount of water in that last quarter of your day. No wonder your bladder's having a hard time and waking you up in the middle of the night. But say you're even great about your water intake, but maybe you had something around dinner that's more or less a bladder irritant like alcohol or even a bubbly water for some people or even tea. These are things that can really irritate some people's bladders, not everybody. But again, if you're somebody that does wake up to go to the bathroom, you want to kind of audit what you're drinking and consuming those last couple hours before bed because there are things that are called bladder irritants that can impact. Um, again, that irritability of the bladder, which will give you a sense of urgency and wake your body up, especially if you're going to the bathroom and you're like, oh, that's it. That wasn't that much. That's kind of an insight of, oh, something must have irritated my bladder and made me feel like I had to go, even though you could have held it a little longer. So just think about that fluid intake before bed. Um, And then again, when we're talking about um, creating a good space for sleep, we also want to make sure that we're 
prioritizing with our brain because sleep is a pattern with our brain. And so we need the brain to be able to recognize when it is time for sleep. And this can get really confusing if we're doing things like Unfortunately, this is a bad habit me and my husband have. We like to watch something before bed. So we will put on the TV, watch a show before we go to sleep. And my husband has no problem with this. He can go to bed right away, middle of the show, two minutes into the show. It doesn't really matter. He will fall asleep. Um, And we do kind of switch on this because sometimes I will also just pass out regardless. But I find more often than not, I'm sitting there wide awake, even if I was super tired coming into the bedroom. And then we put on a show. My husband falls asleep almost instantly. And then I'm sitting there like, wide awake. I don't want to watch this by myself. (laughs) And it is, it's frustrating. And it's a lot to do with the blue light, obviously, that comes off of these screens. So your phone is also another bad trap here, scrolling before bed, but also just this stimulus that your brain is processing while you're watching these things. We're not telling the brain this is time for bed. So it's a good idea to separate the two and not bring that entertainment and screen time into the bedroom. Um, And also creating more of that structure, again, with a schedule so that your brain can sense, oh, we're getting close to that time for bed. So trying to set a realistic time that you should start winding down. And remember, we do need around eight hours of sleep as adults. And I know many that only get four hours of sleep. And this is just so bad for your body. Um, Even if you're someone who feels like you don't need that much sleep, you do. Even if you feel like you can function like my husband, you know, he does. I Lord knows I have no idea how he functions on such little sleep and such little food, but he does. But is it that his optimal functioning? I honestly would love to see, and I'd probably be blown away to see how well he can function when he gets a good night rest and eats adequately. And honestly, I have seen that, you know, from time to time when he actually sleeps in, he's like, whoa, I actually slept through the night and I slept in. And then he has an actual three meals that day. The way he shows up is so different and you just can sense right in your own body where you have that threshold of, oh, I didn't snap and get as irritable or, oh, I didn't burn out as early in the day or I never got that headache I usually get or my pain never showed up. There's these things that really your body is healing during sleep. So we want to make sure that we are prioritizing those eight hours. So the best way to do this is reverse math. So when do you need to be awake? When do you need to leave the house for whatever it is? When do you need to wake up the kids? What is that timestamp in the morning that you know, okay, I need to get up at this time so that I have enough time. Maybe you're even building in your own little morning quiet time like I am. So for me, I need to wake up at 5.30 or 6 so that I have an hour to an hour and a half of quiet and doing my own morning routine before I have to wake up my kids and get them ready and get ready for work and start the day and all of those things. And so when we're looking at um, reverse engineering that time and that schedule, we want to think about when do we need to wake up? And if we are waking up um, around, you know, five, then we want to think about um, what time does that mean I need to get to sleep? 
And so for me, that's around 7 30, 8 o'clock. I am starting my wind down routine and trying to, and I'll go in a little bit more to what that can look like for you in that bedtime routine. But this is when we are trying to start telling our brain it's time to slow down. We're not exercising close to bed because, you know, exercise is another thing that can really help us sleep. If you are getting enough activity during the day and really burning out your body during the day, you will sleep a lot better. The studies have shown this. But if you do exercise too close to bed, you can stimulate your body and make it a little harder to fall asleep. So side note, if you are someone who feels like you like to exercise in the evening or that's just your only time, then by all means do it. But evaluate. Does this amp you up and do you have a hard time getting to bed on time? If so, you might want to up that exercise time just a little bit because we want to make sure that when bedtime comes and that calm down, wind down time comes that you can rest into it and you feel ready for it. And so again, we want to make sure you're getting that eight hours, pick the time you have to wake up, take eight hours back from that. And that's when you need to be falling asleep. So I would say to set an alarm even an hour before that time so that you can have that hour of wind down time in between. And then this hour is where you are going to get in um, an evening routine and a bedtime routine. And if you're not someone who has a bedtime routine, then this is probably a piece of your puzzle and why sleep has been challenging for you. Um, And so creating a relaxing bedtime routine is something that does help. It's an external stimulus to the brain and a trigger to the brain that says this is the routine we do before we fall asleep. So it's getting the brain ready. It's getting the body ready to all be on the same page. And this can look so different for different people. You know, obviously, if you have kids, this usually like mine starts with my kids bedtime routine. So they're brushing their teeth, they're washing their face. We go read them a bedtime story, we tuck them in, put them to sleep. And that's, you know, their calming bedtime routine. And reading them their story and tucking them in starts my bedtime routine. And I am still working on this. This is still something that I am kind of trying to make more of an effort to show up for because with kids and you know it's just chaos in the evening if you have kids and so it is kind of like oh yay win good job if I get my evening routine in so yes this is something that I am trying to do too along with you but I have felt and see the benefit in it and so I'm motivated to get better at my bedtime routine and I hope you are too and so so far what my bedtime routine looks like when I get it in is and you know my ideal I should say my ideal bedtime routine because I've only done it a couple times but man it does feel amazing when I can make the time to get this in but obviously I am brushing my teeth and washing my face and I also really love to do gua sha and really just work on my body and do some body work. So I do some gua sha, some fascial mobilizations to my face and my neck. And then I do a lot of breath work because the breath work is again something where if we're doing that deep core breathing, we're using that parasympathetic nervous system that's tapped into the diaphragm and it's helping again tell our nervous system that it's calming down time. It's time to relax and it's time to prepare to rest. And so I love to do breath work in the evening. I usually tell my patients to do breath work in the evening. And even if this looks like, oh my gosh, I'm diving in bed, I'm exhausted, but you know what? I'm going to roll onto my side or get into child's pose really quick and just do some big, deep 
breaths. Breathe into that pelvic bowl, breathe into that back, and just calm your body. Breathe into any tension, anywhere you felt tension during the day, and just help to relax that tension. The breath work can be so helpful, and it is a great way to tap into that nervous system piece. And so using the breath um, to kind of calm, this is kind of my meditation in the evening. Um, You could also journal in the evening. You could read. Reading is such a better way to um, stay somewhat engaged if you're not quite ready to go to bed than turning on the TV. Because most people, you know, you might start reading and then doze off, but watching the TV, it can stimulate you and keep you awake. Um, And, you know, also with TV, it's bringing in extra light and noise into the environment, which does, it's just more stimulus. And even if you have that TV off, we want to make sure that that environment is set up for a good night's rest. So making sure there is no bright light or sounds that are too disruptive, but even maybe including some sounds like a white noise machine, or um, I know I like to turn on nature sounds and the sound of rain. It's really soothing and calming. So just finding those things in your environment that do help you kind of just get comfortable and zone out. And, you know, coming to like the bed, again, we want it to be a comfortable space. And I get a lot of questions on what type of pillow should I have? What type of mattress should I have? And yes, there are some pillows that are way better than others and mattresses that are way better than others. The reality is though, guys, it's so individual because comfort is individual. The re- the goal with sleep and with how you should be aligned when it comes to your mattress and your pillow is that we do want to aim for optimal neutral alignment. And so if we have a mattress that's too firm, right, and it's not supporting those curves, this can be an issue. But also if we have a mattress that's too soft and you're not getting any support and you're not getting support to those curves, this can be an issue. So it does take kind of trialing it out, laying on it, making sure it feels like it's supporting you in that neutral space. And then also with your pillow, same thing. If it's maybe a big down fluffy pillow and it starts out good, but then throughout the night you notice your head's really kinked and bent towards your shoulder in one direction, that's not ideal, right? We need support. We need that pillow to support you in a neutral position. And this will change if you're a back sleeper, a side sleeper, tummy sleeper. So we have to take that in mind. And then, you know, having a pillow that's too fat and pushing your head up away from your shoulder also is going to cause neck issues. So again, just trial some out. Comfort is the biggest thing. We need to be comfortable. We want to be able to relax and just wind down so that we can get that restorative sleep that is going to make such a difference in our overall stress and our pain, our energy, our mood, hormones, digestion. The list goes on and on and on, you guys. Heart disease is caused by lack of sleep. Cancer is caused by lack of sleep. Like there's so many diseases and dysfunctions that a lack of sleep is a risk factor for. And it's something we have a lot more control over. So let's just pay a little more attention to our sleep and try and prioritize our bedtime routine. Again, drink fluids, stop drinking fluids an hour or two before bed, especially things with caffeine or alcohol or sugar in them and stop screen time right before bed. Get in that evening routine, a nice, calming, soothing thing. Maybe it's even an evening walk. Maybe you're listening to a guided meditation, reading a book, 
doing some breath work, putting on some lotion, whatever it is that helps calm your body, calm your mind, and get you ready for the next day. I hope you are inspired to improve your evening routine and try out um, try out a few different things, see how it feels, and then see how your sleep is. You know, I've started tracking my sleep again with my Apple Watch. I wasn't using it at, at night for a while, but I started to get curious because I do sleep around. I'm in bed at least, right, for like seven to eight hours, and I was curious is my sleep still good quality, right? Like, am I getting the REM cycles? Am I getting the deep sleep cycles? And it's interesting to, it's really interesting to see. So if you do have an Apple watch or a fancy Fitbit watcher, whatever it is that tracks your sleep, I would use it and really use that feedback to alter that bedtime routine or play around with some things. And if you do have any questions or need more structure or guidance on creating your bedtime routine, then come over to the Balanced Mentality Wellness and Support Group. It's a free and private Facebook group where you can share your ideas, your issues, um, and you just have support from me and another amazing group of women. So make sure you take advantage of that. Um, and yeah, reach out for a coaching call because I do do virtual coaching and in-person sessions. So let's make sure we are prioritizing that sleep. There's so many other things we can do for sleep that would have made this episode a lot longer. So we're just going to dial it in for now. I hope you guys really get good sleep this week because it is hopefully a break for you. You are having a wonderful time with family and friends and have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Enjoy all the food on Thanksgiving. No guilt there and definitely lots of sleep. Stay tuned next week where we will be chatting about how food can impact our stress in a good or bad way. Well, that's it for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. And I want to thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy day. I know you've got so many other important things going on, but I hope it was helpful and you leave here with some tools to help you in your healing journey. And I just want to ask you if you have found this helpful to please leave a review on iTunes. Scroll down to the bottom of my podcast page and leave that five-star review so it can help other women see this information. And also, if you want to be a part of my community of amazing women trying to balance all the things, great tips and insight and sharing stories and just motivating each other along the way, feel free to join my Facebook group, The Balance Mentality Wellness and Support. I hope to see you here next time on The Balance Mentality Podcast.